Beautiful Anonymous is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Hello to everybody fighting off a cold and also maybe fighting off ghosts. It's Beautiful Anonymous. One hour, one phone call. No names, no holds barred. I'd rather go one-on-one. I think it'll be more fun. And I'll get to know you and you'll get to know me. Hi, everybody. I have a cold, so the intro is not that long this week. Please consider signing up for Beautiful Anonymous Plus at BeautifulAnonymous.com. Otherwise, if you're someone who just wants to get to the phone call, you're going to skip about five minutes ahead. Thanks so much for listening. Hi, everybody. Chris Gethard here. Welcome to another episode of Beautiful Anonymous. I am going to have to keep this intro short. Although people have been telling me they like the long intros, and I appreciate everybody who has. I think people can feel it. It's me letting my guard down. It's me finding enthusiasm, finding connection. You can hear it in my voice. Uh, But what you can also hear in my voice right now is that I have a pretty bad cold, and we just finished recording a call, so I don't have too much left in the tank. So I'm going to keep it quick. A couple things I want to say is thank you to everybody who, the the reactions to last week's episode were so varied and so many people were getting different things out of it. And it's very cool to see. I think this week will actually be similar in some ways. Uh, Before I mention this week's episode, I do want to just say that if you're out there and looking to support me on the road, I've got shows coming up. Uh, After I record this, uh, in a few hours, I'm heading to the airport to go to San Francisco for San Francisco Sketch Fest. So that will be done by Tuesday. But um, oh, also Portland, Oregon. I'm going to see a whole bunch of you and I think might be getting dinner with some past callers up there unless I, I don't want to get them sick. But the next show I have after this, Brooklyn, you have always supported me. I know that there's a lot of New York area listeners, um, who listen to the show still Littlefield, Brooklyn, Gowanus, February 3rd. I'm doing a Laughing Together benefit show. This is my nonprofit job. One of the things that I said I would do when I signed up for that nonprofit job was organize some comedy fundraisers. It's a really amazing bill. Sketch comedy from Business Casual, stand-up from Christy Summers, Claire O'Kane, and the great Gary Goleman, who just put out a book and an HBO special. It's his second HBO special, actually. It's going to be an awesome show. The tickets are already over half sold out. I would love to sell it out. The comics get paid and everything else goes towards putting mental health services in schools. So come on out and you can get tickets at chrisgeth.com. I've also got Vancouver coming up as part of Just for Last Vancouver, February 15th and 16th. And I'll be in Boise, Idaho as part of Tree Fort Music Fest. We'll be doing a live beautiful anonymous taping in Boise, the Egyptian theater, chrisgeth.com for all of those. But most importantly, if you're in that New York area, I would love to have just a warm, supportive vibe in the room for that Laughing Together benefit show. Uh, Now, that being said, obviously my voice is dying, so that is karma telling me I cannot ramble for 15 minutes this week. So I will just tell you that this week's episode is really, really, it takes some turns. It's old school in a way I love. This was a caller who has signed up at the Touchtone tier of Beautiful Anonymous 
plus, which you can sign up for at beautifulanonymous.com. Um, because of that, we do a monthly call prompt. That's just a private number for those people. This is the second time someone's gotten through. So thank you for being a subscriber. Thank you to everybody who subscribes. We have, it just bounces in so many cool directions from travel stuff to jokes about certain corporations intimately connected to travel to paranormal stuff, to some world events, to a sort of clunky ending for the free feed about Israel and Palestine um, that does finally come up on the show. It comes up very organically. I say this in the course of the call, but just to put it out there, I have not taken any public stands on this. I know everyone is. I see a lot of people saying, if you have a public platform and you don't take a public stand, what are you doing? I don't buy that because I, I don't think anyone who listens to this show will be shocked to hear I sit here and I stress and I feel pain when I see death on all sides. Um, we have had an Israeli caller reach out to us about wanting to be on the show. We are working to make that happen. I'm also hoping that we can get a Palestinian caller and we've been trying to produce it where those things could come out um, close to each other because this is an issue that has sides and I want to make sure sides are represented on the show um, the pain, the suffering, the video footage is horrible on all of it. And I would love to live in a world where senseless violence didn't see kids getting killed. And that applies in so many directions. And anyway, you'll hear it. You'll hear it come up again in the ending, but I wanted to just brace you that it kind of comes out of nowhere at the tail end of the call. The five questions are so funny. They're really lovely. I, I spend a large portion of the five questions on this one. Rapping. I wish that was a joke. It is not. Point being, this call has so much to it. And if you've ever been someone who thinks, I want to just quit everything and get in the car and go and see where life takes me, you're going to love this call because the caller went for it. It's a dream a lot of us have. The caller lived that dream and also lived some other dreams that are horrifying. You'll see what I mean. Enjoy the call. Thank you for calling Beautiful Anonymous. A beeping noise will indicate when you are on the show with the host. Holy, holy, holy shit. <laughs> hey, Chris. I know it's you. I'm not going to ask. I'm not going to ask. I would no. love it if it goes from high as this, Chris, to holy, holy shit. I would love if we just made <laughs> We're in a new independent era. The rules are gone. Let's go with that. <laughs> holy, holy shit. That feels right to me. That feels right to me. How are you today? Honest answers, as always. Honest answer is I have a cold that I thought was gone. And then last Boom. night it decided it was not gone. So you can probably hear it in my voice a little bit. And on top of it, I'm flying cross country to San Francisco tomorrow on Friday. And then up to Portland on Sunday and then a red eye home Sunday night. So I'm like... Man, I love trying to get home and and be with my family as yeah. much as possible, but why did I do this to myself? Oh, man. That's okay. okay. You're going to San Francisco. I lived in the Bay Area for about eight years. So oh, what cool. are you going to be doing there? Are you, do you have a show? Well, yeah, there's that thing called San Francisco Sketch Fest, and I'm doing oh, yeah. uh, four shows, I think. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah. And it's, that's a great cool. festival. They've yeah. had my back over the years really hardcore. So I, I have a lot of love yeah. for the San Fran Sketch Fest. Well, I hope you feel a bit better by the time you have to fly out. And, um, you know, it's a quick trip. You'll be back to your family soon. Thank you so break much. Break a leg, as they say, in oh. the biz, right? I don't, I'm not in the biz. but You're nailing it. You're crushing <laughs> it. Now, how are you? How are you coming out of the gate with this confident energy? How are you? Oh, wow. Thank you. I don't consider myself a confident person, but, you know, I'm faking it right now. It's all good. So you mentioned you lived in the Bay Area for a while. I did. Yeah. I lived there for about eight years. It was, it was an experience. Um, it's wild there. I love it. There's a lot of amazing, amazing things about it. Um, but what happened was I was, uh, basically I moved my entire family for a job and the job that I took, I was super excited about it at the time. It was $60,000 per year, which sounded like a ransom, but then we got to the Bay and it was like, Oh, this will get you nothing. (laughs) So it was like eight years of scrapping really hard. Um, I brought my husband, um, our two daughters, the whole family, the cat, the dog, we drove across the country to live there and make this big money. And it was just like eight years of scrapping, but pretty awesome experience overall. Yes, sixty grand before taxes for a family of four and two animals in the San Francisco Bay Area is not. Yes, it's, <laughs> it's not. No, you and, can't. You can't compete with the endless amount of Airbnbs and and tech bros and penthouses at sixty no. grand a year. No way. No, you can't. I will say, it, you know, we we did all right. We figured it out. It took a little bit. Um, I, you know. So glad we made the leap. I'm so glad I didn't know how hard it was going to be because we wouldn't have done it. We left like um, my husband had a pretty stable job, not like his dream situation, but it was stable. You know, we left a four bedroom little ranch style house in in, uh, Colorado and and found ourselves in a little dinky apartment where you could see into our neighbor's windows. And (laughs) it was just like, Wow. I can't believe I brought my whole family for this adventure. <laughs> I So maybe I am confident. <laughs> I have to say something is explained there cuz you you said San Francisco and I was about to say you sound like you grew up in California but then you said you drove across the country to go there. It then you said Colorado. <laughs> you said Colorado. I go, "Okay, True. that's the accent I'm tracking." That's yeah, very... West Coast, West Coast, not really Coast, West, Western United States. Yeah, not across yeah. the country, partway across the country. Got it. Got it felt like it. a long Got drive it. with a dog, a cat. I had my daughter, I think, yeah, I was driving with my daughter. She was driving. She was already in high school when we did this. No, wow. she was in college. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So wow. We did it. Um, and then... Fast forward, you know, I, I worked my way up, um, got to be a pretty, pretty excellent marketing person. And then, uh, I sound so West coast. And then, um, uh, I got laid off like right after the pandemic, it was just like huge market shift. My company I was working for, I was leading like a team of 10. I was doing really good, kind of like pinnacle career stuff. 
laid off, 50% of the company gone, boom, you know, like these tech layoffs, they keep rolling out. It's still happening. Yeah. And, uh, and then, so, you know what I did? Uh, my husband and I, my husband was working, but he went remote because of pandemic. And we decided, you know what? Let's hit the road. Oh, the other thing that happened was after eight years there, both of our daughters grew up, moved away, empty nesters. So it was me, my husband, my dog, the cat had moved to France with my daughter. So it was me, my husband, and my dog left. This layoff happened. And we decided, let's just not live anywhere for a while. Let's just cruise around and see what's up out there. Like get out of the Bay Area, check out some cities, decide what we want to do. We like got really weird about it. We made this big spreadsheet. We have all of these like ranking factors, like how do you decide where to live? And uh, so we spent about a year doing that. This is awesome. And you and I have so much to talk about. Um, I do have one question right away. Have you just retained an insanely youthful vibe or did you have your daughters <laughs> really young? Cause you don't sound like someone who has what sounds like now, if I'm doing the math right, like you have daughters in their thirties or, or pushing mm, it. Yeah. Pushing it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so did you yes, just get I... in there young or are you just like, <laughs> did you find the fountain of youth? What is the secret? I did find the fountain of youth. I found it. Cause I sound like this and I'm 43 <laughs> with a four-year-old. So please tell okay. me how to pick myself back up off the goddamn ground. That's very astute of you, Chris. So number one, yes, I did start young. I did. I had my daughter when I was 19. That said, even though I was 19 when I had her and I say her because I'll get, we have a mixed family here, but when I had her, Still, people think I'm about 10 years younger than I am at all times. Good on you. So, yeah. So, I'm 47. No, I'm 46. I will be 47 soon, though. And, uh, you know, people take me from my mid-30s at this point. Um, My daughter, my daughter's 27. I married my amazing, amazing husband. He's, like, literally the best human on the planet. Um, A 11 years ago, we've been together for 16. So he brought to the relationship his daughter and she's 23. So you've got, you got it. You started young. Your husband started young. Yep. You both, you Brady bunched it. Brady bunched it. And now you're four years older than me, empty nesters traveling the world without a care in the goddamn (laughs) world. Whereas you're about to turn 47 and everyone thinks you're in your thirties. I'm 43 and people think I'm 58 years old. Oh my gosh. And I'm at the beginning. Can you imagine having a four year old right now? Can you imagine? No, I could not. I do not want that. The worst mistake I ever made was starting as late as I did both because of these feelings I'm joking about, but even more so because it's hard, but man, it, the kid is a fun, he like adds all new dimensions. And I wish I just had more life that I experienced with those dimensions. Man. So. Well, you know, we have like the inverse experience because at 19, when you have oh, a I kid, I was in college, I was in college, my second semester mm, had a shotgun wedding. Like my life was a hot mess. And, uh, you know, 
that I could say that was like the biggest mistake of my life. Honestly, it was probably the most huge blessing of my life because I would not want to be in my forties as some of my friends are thinking, Oh my gosh, I don't want to miss out on having a kid. Like I need to do that, you know? So eh, there's pluses and minuses. Start early, start late. You know, you're a little bit more, you have foundation, you know who you are, you know what you want. You can handle the responsibility in hopefully an A-plus manner. Whereas I was just going in blind completely. Like, I think I do this a lot, but just, okay, trust fall. Let's see what happens. And, you know, the outcome is amazing. My kid is amazing. My dad was 27, I believe, when he had me. And he had my brother when he was 24. And I said to him, I may have said this on the show, apologies if people had ever heard it before. And I said to him, I was like, you have the end of your life now. Like you've had all these years to like ride a bike and travel if you feel like it and do stuff. And he was like, yeah, but I'm jealous of you because you were like stable financially Mm -hmm. when you had your kid. Whereas I spent your entire childhood scared that if I broke my leg, my whole family would starve. I was like, oh, right. That's a good good perspective. Could not. I feel that. I feel that. But you know what else? When you're that young and you have a kid, like you can go to the playground, you can get on those swings, you can do just, you have so much energy. And I think the energy, I don't know, like, and also my daughter, oh, my daughter and I are like incredibly close. Um, I feel in some ways, like we grew up together. And I am definitely her mother. I'm not like her. I'm not trying to be like, oh, we're best friends. You know, I'm her, I'm her mom, but you know, we have just a really cool relationship and she has exceeded all my expectations. It's like, how does a single mom, because I was married only for a short time. How does a single mom raise such a badass? I don't know, but I think it's partly because she's just natural badassery. And now how long did you spend in this empty nest? And it sounds like some cool ass kids, like popping off to France to go grow up in France. Like, all right, cool. Got a cool (laughs) family. You're empty nesters. You realize you can get out from under the, the oppressive real estate market of the Bay area. How long do you spend in this, uh, in this wandering life? We only did it for a year. It definitely had an expiration date on it, partly because my husband, he really prioritizes stability. I think I'm more of the wild card in the family. Um, so he, you know, I, I, I wanted him to be happy. And I, I think that lifestyle where you don't know where you're going to live next, you don't know what's going to happen next. It seems really romantic, but when you're in the day to day of it, it is a lot it's a lot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So we did it for a year and we, you know, honestly, we didn't get like geographically that far. We sent it, we have this old dog. And so we couldn't fly places. We were driving everywhere. And so we spent about a month each in different cities focused primarily in the West coast and in the Southwest corner of the U S. So we didn't like do a big world travel. It was a very geographically limited travel. Um, but we got to know some really cool places and experience some 
interesting people and did like a little uh, homebrew podcast about the experience and had a few like diehard people and um, just That's so cool. Had a blast. It was fun. I will never forget it. And you know, like family would be like, "You guys are nuts. Why are you doing this?" My daughter was like, "You're kind of old to be doing something like this, mom." I'm like, mm. <laughs> "Now, is this okay if I ask a bunch of questions about this? Because I'm fascinated yeah, by it. Sure. Because sure. this could take on many forms. This could be we just traveled around and kept finding pet friendly hotels, and we're getting hotels every night. This could be." Uh. We drove out to some like off the grid community in the desert and lived in yurts for a while. It could be <laughs> anything in between. And I have a feeling you probably experienced some of that spectrum, correct? Yeah, we were really specific about the way we did it. Um, before we left, we considered doing the van life thing. I think the van life thing was very popular, especially with the pandemic fear you know, it's a nice way to travel around in a capsule, but we decided not because three factors. One, we realized it was going to be crazy expensive, like more expensive than it first appears, right? You get this thing, then you have to maintain the thing. There's just a lot of expenses that we yeah. realized. And then two, when you have like a vehicle like that, you can't just park it anywhere. You need to have like, and most of the parking is available kind of outside the center. And we really wanted to experience like the city, the, the cities that we were visiting. Yeah. We didn't want to be on the outside. And then three, for me, big deal breaker was the idea that like you have to shit right next to your kitchen. Like, no, <laughs> I was like disgusted <laughs> when I realized the bathroom situation. Of these things. Like, Truly no. you and I are met to be friends when that's your concern. <laughs> like I just cooked eggs there and now I'm doing this. Yeah. It's Can't like, live no. like this. <laughs> so you were and finding just... more hotels or more. Yeah. So what we did went we on do? the Airbnb circuit. We went mm -hmm. out and we were really fortunate in a position where we had gotten used to paying a ridiculous rent living in the Bay, like stupid rent. So the price point for an Airbnb, although expensive, was less than what we were used to pay, right? So this is this is a super privileged situation I found myself in. I'm very honest about that because you're paying twenty eight. Our budget was twenty eight hundred dollars a month, which was less than we were paying in the Bay. And you know what that gets you on Airbnb? It gets you most of the time a studio, sometimes a one bedroom. It most almost 100% of the time we learned you don't get to be like exactly where you want to be in the city you're kind of like in a weird outskirt neighborhood so you know the van life and that had that in common it wasn't like you were like right in the thick of it so it was a little more expensive but still affordable relative to what we had gotten used to paying you had a you had a budget set that could yep accommodate this yep um so yeah, so we did Airbnbs. We had some fantastic situations and we had some horrific situations. Okay, that might be a lot. Horrific is a little exaggeration. Some pretty iffy situations. Um, yeah, so it was a, a range of experiences. Then we had our dog in tow and that added a layer of complexity for us as well. 
because not every place is going to be dog friendly. <laughs> and also, I don't want to talk bad, but as someone who travels as much as I do, Airbnb was a godsend for many years. Yes. And I, I know that this is becoming a more and more popular complaint online, but I certainly started to sense a few years ago. When you go to a hotel, like, they don't ask you to do the, the laundry at the end of Thank it. Thank you. Yes. And they don't, they don't say, uh, make sure that you turn the thermostat down to this and that, and you're going to get towed if you park here or there, and you have to strip the sheets off the bed and please throw them in the laundry. And the problem with all that stuff, because it, Airbnb was very community driven, but the problem with it all is that during the pandemic, they started having very exorbitant cleaning fees, which I was mm-hmm. v- very understanding of because if you need someone to come in and, and sanitize it all to a COVID protective level, I get that. But there's clearly a lot of Airbnb people where you will now spend a lot of time researching a place and you'll go, cool, this is in my budget. It's in a neighborhood that I like. For me, I'll be like this. Wow, I can like walk to the comedy venue. I'm doing my show at in this town I've never been to before. And yep. it's somehow affordable. And then very often with those cleaning fees. Yep. It's not an exaggeration. Oh, it's not an exaggeration <laughs> to say that it will sometimes more than double the price. Yeah. It's, yep. Even with understanding about the COVID nature of the world the past few years, if you're going to charge me a, co- a a cleaning fee that is twice what you're charging me for the rental, <laughs> I'm not stripping the pillowcases. Thank you. <laughs> you strip the pillowcases if I'm paying you hundreds of dollars for the fee. And it makes Thank me you. not want to use Airbnb anymore. That's exactly where we're at, too. We did it for a year and we had to be very aware of the stinking upcharges that mess up your whole budget and blew yes. you out of the neighborhood you wanted to be in. And then, yeah, you're you sitting the... there taking out the trash, making sure the bins are yes. facing the right way, making sure you sweep the sand from whatever. Like I am straight up at a point. I mean, there are times where it's not a joke to say you open the door to an Airbnb and there is a whiteboard of rules in front of you. <laughs> And there is yeah. no human to greet you. You got a weird code. I've had ones where the picture was straight up of a restaurant down the block that was <laughs> super nice. And I was yeah. like, hey, there's like straight up fast food wrappers. The guy, this guy kept sending me a thing. You need to leave a review or I'm not leaving your review. I go, hey, you put a fake picture up. And the front lawn of your place was covered in fast food wrappers. There were literally <laughs> Wendy's fry containers and drink. Yep. Like, if you want me to leave a review, I'll do it. But I'm not going to tell people this was a good experience. So how about you stop messaging me? P.S. I didn't take out the trash because I didn't. <laughs> there was trash on the lawn. Why do I have to pack up your trash? The amount of money Better I yet. pay in St. Louis. Better yet, I threw your trash on the lawn with the rest of it. I bet the last, <laughs> no joke, my guess is that the last person showed up, saw how many fucking rules there were, <laughs> got drunk or high, was like, fuck this, dumped their trash on the lawn, and that the person didn't even come in between and actually clean. That's my yeah. guess. These Airbnb <laughs> psychos. Anyway, I think they have been a past uh, advertiser on the show, so uh, apologies for screwing that account up if that's the case. I think that's right. I'm not sure if that's. No, I don't think they were a sponsor. 
I'm thinking of another company that I have some issues with. But actually, I think I'm wrong. I don't think Airbnb ever spot. All right, yeah, cool. Fuck them. We can say whatever we want. Also, I won't talk shit about the following sponsors ever. I promise. Sincerely. Okay, we'll be right back. Hi, everybody. I'm so excited right now to tell you about our new sponsor, Green Chef. Uh, In the past, we've worked with HelloFresh, and you've heard me rant about how much I loved the experience of HelloFresh. Green Chef is now owned by HelloFresh, and it gives them a wider array of meal plans to choose from. There is something for everyone here, and you can switch between the brands, love it, and and listeners, you can enjoy them both with a discount uh, via the show. Green Chef is awesome. They're very focused on making sure they have functional health benefits. They are wellness focused. They uh, have the number one meal kit for clean eating, for example. They have gut-friendly recipes every single week. They have a new gut and brain health meal plan that includes all sorts of mouthwatering and nutritious dinners. There's clean snacks here. There's functional drinks. That's what I really love about how these companies are thinking now. Um, We will all remember that years ago when this started, it would be like you got a big pile of vegetables in a box and you're sitting there and you're peeling everything yourself and you're chopping it up. And there is a lot of fun and gratification to that. But now a lot of these companies are also going, let's have all sorts of meals. Let's have snacks. Let's have drinks. Let's have all these things that tie together. Let's talk about clean eating and living. Okay. Green Chef can take the work out of eating clean with chef crafted nutritionist approved recipes. And we're talking organic fruits and vegetables, organic cage-free eggs. That's incredible. Sustainably sourced seafood. It's not always easy to find these things at high-end supermarkets on a consistent basis. They're taking that work out of your hands, making it so easy. There's a ton of variety, by the way. Each week, there's over 80-plus options you can customize your meals. We're talking vegan, vegetarian, fast and fit, Mediterranean, gluten-free, protein-packed. All kinds of great stuff happening through Green Chef. It is, again, another elevation of the meal delivery service. You all know how good HelloFresh is. The fact that Green Chef and HelloFresh have now linked up, you know. This is going to be high-quality stuff delivered right to you. And they have a whole green market, by the way. If you're looking to be a mindful eater, it's your one-stop shop. You get high-quality, carefully curated foods. There's grab-and-go breakfast. There's brunch kits. There's 10-minute lunches. There's snacks, veggie sides, and more. Like I said, drinks. It's now becoming something that accommodates not just the variety of choices you want, but the lifestyle, the fact that sometimes you have time to sit down and cook a meal, and that can be a very zen-like experience. Sometimes you need to grab a snack. They got you covered on all those points. I have really loved the Green Chef experience. As you all know, I am somebody where my weekly schedule is unpredictable. So the fact that I have times where I can go, oh, I'm home for a few nights. Let me cook a nice dinner for my family that helps me punch above my weight with a Green Chef meal. That's The guidance involved allows me to achieve a meal that's better than I could pull off on my own with my skill set. That's incredible. The idea that sometimes it's like, I've got shows tonight and I'm traveling this weekend. I just need to grab something and go. They accommodate that too. Absolutely well done. Kudos to the chef, dare I say, the green chef. I went there. Listen to this deal, by the way. Go to greenchef.com slash 60 stories and use the code 60 stories. You'll get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com slash 60 stories. 
Use the code six zero stories. You'll get 60% off. That's 60. I'm not misspeaking here. 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Thank you to all of our sponsors who I don't think any of them charge exorbitant cleaning fees. Uh, anyway, let's get back to the phone call. I think they have been a past uh, advertiser on the show, so uh, apologies for screwing that account up if that's the case. Oh my gosh! But I can't, yeah. I can't sit here and lie to people. It's it's beyond the pale. And now hotels have started to realize that I think if they advertise, like, hey, if you show up, leave your towels on the floor, and we won't even get mad at you. And you're like, <laughs> awesome. They're like. That's the other thing about Airbnb. So you can't check in until 6.30 p.m. And then your checkout time is 5.45 a.m. Also, do the dishes. Not just the ones you used, but the ones the last person left. Do those too. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, the, clean, the cleaning fee is $1,100. You're like, but it's listed as $80 a night. Yeah. These people. I- I have to say, I have, thank you for ranting um, on behalf of all of us who have been screwed over by that ridiculous system. Uh, what I think our worst day during our adventure was we booked a place in Flagstaff, Arizona, and it was listed as a one bedroom. And they took all of these strategic shots oh, yeah. of like, you know, a table and a bed and a kitchen and a, and they listed it as a one bedroom apartment. And we were so excited. We'd been living in a studio. We were tired of the studio life, working from home, stuck in a little studio. So we get to this new place and it is a bedroom. It's not an apartment. It is a bedroom as part of a larger house. It did have a kitchenette. It had an attached bathroom, but there was no space around the bed. There was a tiny little two-person table at the foot of the bed, no closet, nowhere to store your stuff. Yeah. And then the cleaning fee, what, triples the price? Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, you know, the cleaning fee, but there was layers of dust on everything. Nobody was cleaning that freaking place. These people. Nobody. And then to make it even worse... I'm sitting out on the little tiny patio in Flagstaff, Arizona, winter, enjoying a little bit of sunshine with my dog. And the woman who lives in the big house comes by. She's on a walk. She comes by and I say, hey, hello. Very nice. And she starts screaming at me about having a dog on her property. And I said, I told the rent, like she had like a rental yeah. liaison or somebody. I, I told them I have a dog. Like this shouldn't be a surprise. She stood over me while I'm sitting there on her patio, trying to enjoy my coffee, screaming at me, telling me how he's filthy, how she doesn't want to have to clean up after him. I'm like, there's six, six inches of dust in that freaking place. I've been dusting it for you. <laughs> Good. And I'm I glad wanted you said to leave. It. I wanted to leave so bad, but we couldn't afford to get of out of there. It was nuts. <laughs> Listen, and I also want to be clear too, because we've now talked about Airbnb enough that there's <laughs> definitely people out here thinking it. I know that there are genocides happening in the world. Oh there, God. <laughs> there are natural disasters. There are, True. True. I mean, there are people no. fleeing their homelands and being shut out of nations where they hope to find acceptance and safety. There's big problems, but I will say, 
Uh, as far as the American experiment, <laughs> I'm barely exaggerating when I say that Airbnb is absolutely a crack in the armor of American democracy because <laughs> it's un, un, untethered capitalism and, <laughs> and everybody now being told that they have to rent out parts of their home or jump in their own car and put miles on their car to go deliver stuff or give other people's rides and and you don't get insurance and it all goes through middlemen and it's bad anyway yeah so i want to talk because there's a lot of people out there myself included <laughs> who have fantasized about this idea maybe someday i'll get an rv and just go live out of it for a while or the van life or you said yeah we researched it because i've done a few rv trips in my life and i know exactly what you mean you cut yourself off from access in a lot of the big cities and you wind up sleeping in walmart parking lots and walmart mm-hmm. although they are also capitalism that crushes small businesses at least they let people sleep in their parking lots pretty cool of them. <laughs> Yeah, um, that is cool. But, you know, you think of it like Into the Wild and Into the Wild. The movie is a slightly cautionary tale. I think a lot of us know how it ends, but it's also, you know, sweeping vistas and Emil yes. Hirsch is very attractive in that movie. And Sean Penn directed it and it's got a soundtrack. The book, if you read the book Into the Wild, it is much more like, hey, Here's all the ways that, uh, you know, this was a bad idea and, and where you need to do research and it was not done right. And, and, and it's, it's a much more sobering look at the wandering life. What are the aspects you found romantic? What are the aspects where you went, here's where it was not worth it or not as fun as we thought? Are there mm-hmm. cities that blew you away that you didn't expect? Are there places you'd recommend? Are there places that you'd go... I heard a lot of good about this place, but honestly, you can avoid it if you're planning on doing something like this. I want the breakdown Mm -hmm. on things like this. Yeah, I will say every city we visited, I fell in love with. So I don't have any negative cities to avoid, partly because we did our research before we went places. Um, I'm in an interracial marriage, and it was really important for me that we don't spend time in cities where I felt like, it would be unsafe for my husband. He, you know, he's a black man. And I just wanted everything to be copacetic. So we did a lot of research. I think the hardest state to find a spot that felt safe and good and affordable was Arizona, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some cities in Arizona that we were considering. And then we would do our deeper research and we'd find out that there was the Proud Boys like there. And, you know, I, we were coming from our Bay Area bubble, so we might have been extra sensitive to all this stuff. But, um, you know, we just tried to find cities where we felt like there was some kind of values alignment. So um, we went to Flagstaff, which was amazing. I was so concerned about Arizona. Honestly, that was the hardest one for me. Um, but Flagstaff, the town, was incredible. Hiking trails. Cool. Um, just like amazing coffee, friendly people. It was just exceeded all my expectations besides the Airbnb. And then, uh, you know, we took like a day trip to Sedona, which is, you know, like the woo woo place. I'm kind of a woo woo person. So that was amazing. Explain what being a woo woo person is. Explain (laughs) this to me. Yeah. There's not very, I don't, you you don't get a lot of woo woo conversation on this podcast, Chris. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I, I'm have some 
psychic abilities. I have psychic dreams. I've seen ghosts. Um, I'm kind of in touch with like the weird side of life and Sedona is just like a, you know, they say there's vortexes in Sedona. It's like, you can get really in touch with like the power of the universe. (laughs) So you've seen ghosts and you, you explain to me and I want to say, yeah, there is, and I'm sure you encounter this all the time. So I'll just lay out the breakdown for me. Some skepticism and some jokes will be made. I'm also, I'm also not a total non-believer. I've had some strange things happen in my life. Yeah. So I want to get a breakdown of what type, when you say that there's some psychic abilities here and some encounters, I want to get a breakdown of what your, what your abilities seem to entail. Okay. Well, first of all, huge caveat. I'm a pretty balanced person. And so this is just like one side of my life. You know what I mean? So, um, I'm also very practical and I have a daughter who's a scientist and, you know, she's always like keeping me in check. So just that caveat. But, uh, ever since I was a little girl, I would have just psychic dreams. So I dreamed, for example, that my, when I was little, my grandmother died and sure enough, she died. But, um, as I grew older, I would have kind of dreams that would be helpful. So for example, I met this guy when I was single, super attractive, a lot of fun. I was developing some like fantasy that this could be a real relationship. I had a dream that he introduced me to a blonde haired woman who he said was his wife and a dark haired woman who he said was his girlfriend. And he and I went out and in passing, I was like laughing. Ha ha, I had this weird dream about you. I kid you not, Chris, his face dropped and he started accusing me of spying on him. Apparently he had a wife with blonde hair and a girlfriend who was a brunette and he was trying to pick me up a redhead to complete his set. So so he was so mad. (laughs) He was so mad. It was just a dream. Um, I've had dreams where a friend of mine was like telling me that they were really depressed and needed help. And I called to check on them. And sure enough, they were having distress in their lives and they really needed a friend to call them. Um, And if I may tell you my favorite ghost story of all time that I've experienced. Absolutely. Okay. So I've been wanting to share this with the right group of people. And I think the beautiful anonymous people are going to love this one. Everybody's buckling up right now. Okay. I'll tell you that. (laughs) So this is my other grandma, my grandma on my mother's side who died when I was, you know, in my twenties. But the night that she died, she came to me in a dream and she said, my name, I just want you to know that I am relieved to die. This is okay. I don't want you to be sad for me. I want you to just know that I'm that I'm in a better place now. This is just the beginning, okay? I woke up and I called my mom and she was crying. And I was like, why are you crying? She's like, my mom died last night. And I was like, well, that's funny because I had this dream about her and I explained to my mom the dream about her mother and it kind of brought some comfort. 
Anyway, a few days later, we're heading to the funeral and we were traveling. My mother, my brother and I were traveling across, well, from Colorado to California where my grandmother was being buried. And we're in my mom's house and I, there's this big flicker of light Sorry, from one end of the house to the other. She lived in a big ranch style, like single story house. The lights from in the front of the house flickered on and off, middle of the house, on and off, back of the house, on and off. Okay, fine, no big deal. There was a storm brewing over the Rockies, you know, whatever. We were just having a weird power surge. Didn't think anything of it. We get in the car, my mom, brother, and I driving to the airport about 40 minute drive from where they lived as we're driving all of the traffic lights are doing this weird flicker not like your normal pulsing on and off if they're down just like this vibrating flicker weird but there is that storm something electrical is happening around here who knows we get to the airport i look up and the clock on the wall is rotating through all the numbers rapid it's like an electric clock now I'm starting to get a little suspicious I'm like that's freaking weird so I started like elbowing my brother like do you see that do you see what's going on here have you noticed anything he's a he's a skeptic like he's kind of embarrassed about this side of me I'll tell you that no 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 nothing nothing's happening we get on the the plane sitting next to my brother my brother's terrified of flying. His leg is shaking. He's got like shaky leg syndrome when he's scared. My overlight head, my overhead light goes on, off, on, off. Then my brother's on, off, on, off. Now I'm convinced. I'm like, brother, look, the lights over our two seats are going on and off. Nobody else are doing this. I think it's grandma. And he's like, no, 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 absolutely not. He's scared of flying. Don't mess with his mojo. Shut me down. Okay. We fly to California. We get to the rental car counter. The door, the electric door is opening, closing, opening, closing. And then we get to the hotel and the TV starts going on, off, on, off. And my brother unplugs the TV because he's like, feeling rather uncomfortable and the TV goes blue when it's unplugged and then goes off like blue off and I was convinced oh and the bedside lamp was going on and off so all of these electronics from Colorado all the way to California you did not have to tell me twice so well you had to tell me I don't know how many times that happened but what does your brother need to be convinced actually (laughs) At I what know. point does your brother say, at the very <laughs> least, something strange is happening today? I think that last moment with the television got him. I do. Okay. It's got to hit some point where he's like, I still don't <laughs> believe it's grandma, but this is at least fucking weird. <laughs> and I said, in that moment, I said, Grandma, we know it's you. Thank you for telling us that you made it to the other side safe. And that was the last I heard from grandma. And then so. your brother was like, no. Yeah, and then he still to this day would be like, whatever. <laughs> wow. I'm convinced. 
Thank you. Yeah, that's my favorite story. Have you ever tried to harness these abilities, train with them, go to a place like Lilydale in New York or Casadaga, Florida, where mediums <laughs> live and provide such services? I would love to do that. Uh, I have not, though. I'm so not. Sedona's yeah. the closest. Yeah. You know, I mess with, okay, I do mess with tarot cards. I have like my little rituals at home. I'm like a self-studied witch, so so to speak. I do have to tell you one funny story. I was at uh, the airport. I, my dad had had, unfortunately had a stroke. He's fine now, but I was traveling to see him and I thought I better bring all of my magic stuff to the air, you know, so I could help him if I need to. <laughs> and so I brought like my tarot deck and like these crystals and this like knife that I forgot I had in my magic bag. And so TSA saw the knife. And they, of course, stop me and they start going through my stuff, pull out all of these like, you know, occultish items and they're looking for this knife, which I totally forgot I had in there. And they see instead, they see this crystal that has kind of like a pointy end. And he's like, oh, I think this is what this is what we saw. And I was like, oh, yeah, probably. And I was like, don't worry about it. I'm just a witch. And the TSA agent looks at me and goes, did I hear what I think you just said? <laughs> I, like, I can't believe I just told this to a TSA <laughs> They gave it all back. They never saw the knife because it was like sheathed and you couldn't really tell what it uh, you, was. You probably so. cast a, an invisibility spell on it, a yeah. spell. <laughs> yeah. I've said it lately a lot more. I'm starting to realize. And every time I mention it, we will get a few comments in the Facebook group that are like, yeah, dude, right here. The number of people on this show who either outright or partially view themselves as witches, I think our <laughs> listeners, for a dopey 43-year-old guy who lives in the suburbs of New Jersey, I have a feeling that I have a strong fan base of witch yeah. or witch-adjacent listeners. I'm wow. thoroughly convinced. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to say I'm officially one, but I have witchy tendencies. So, I mean, yeah. you've traveled with crystals and knives to perform <laughs> magic on an ailing relative. So what else? I mean, accurate. That's accurate. Maybe so you didn't just... pay the membership dues to get the actual membership card. But right. you're, if you're not a witch, you've participated in witchcraft at the very this least. This is accurate. Yes, yeah, you're yeah. right. I have. I'm, yeah. Yes. Oh, you got it. <laughs> There's a part, we've had so many religion-focused episodes of the show. Even the yeah. Episcopalian priests, I feel like they're probably quietly witches who call the yeah. show. Every, I think maybe witches, maybe wick, that, that maybe that's the only real religion at the end of the day. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Who knows? And that has to be the ad break there. Of course, Andrea is going to make the pro-witchcraft rant where we take a deep breath and leave that lingering. I'm telling you, it, Andrea has never told me if she does black magic, white magic, any of it. Just typed in the doc that she says she never will tell me, but I think we're all seeing the writing on the wall here. Anyway, we'll be right back. I have got to tell you guys, Vessi Footwear is here advertising on the show, and I'm blown away. I am someone who I have found a few comfortable brands over the years and I have stuck with them. I got Vessi's Chelsea and Stormburst shoes to check them out. I wear them every day now. This is not an exaggeration. I'm about to fly to San Francisco and do a bunch of shows, then fly to Portland, do some shows, 
fly home. It's going to be a hard weekend. I said, I'm wearing these Vessies because they are without a doubt the most comfortable sneakers I've ever worn. And I would not tell you guys that just to please a sponsor. They're ridiculous. They are waterproof. The Northeast has been slammed with rain and snow, and I can be out here in sneakers that look good, but are also water resistant. Are you kidding me with the weather I've been putting up with lately? With a flooded basement, and then all of a sudden they send waterproof shoes to my house? Vessi, I love you for it. And you'll also be happy to hear this before I get into any of the talking points that they sent over, okay? They showed up, and my wife, Hallie, goes, wait, did Vessi send you shoes? I was like, yeah. She's like, I already buy those. Those are awesome. I wore those on our trip. I bought. I researched the best sneakers to get for a trip to Scotland a couple of years ago, and it was them. So already my wife, who you guys all know, has great taste and is ahead of the curve. She's already been wearing them, and now they're sponsoring the show. Um, whether it's your morning routine, you're out there on the busy streets, you need to keep your feet dry as you're headed to work, as you're headed to class, whether you're on a weekend adventure, whether you're getting out on a hike, looking for something spontaneous to do and you don't know what kind of weather you're going to encounter, whether you're relaxing in the evening, whether it's a rainy day and you you get out there, whether it's in the city, whether it's out there on the trails, Vessi has you covered, okay? It's a new year. This is a new you. I will be wearing these things on stage tomorrow night and I can't wait because my good God, are they comfortable? And I'll tell you something too. The Chelsea... I can vouch for those. Those are super comfortable. You would think that uh, the Stormburst, I believe, are the ones they said that are more of a boot shape. You'd think those are a little heavier, clunkier. Boots in general are. Not this time. Super comfortable as well. And on top of it, I feel comfortable wearing them on stage because they look good too. And another thing that's always important, Vessi is a very eco-conscious choice. Okay? Start the new year with some eco-friendly decisions in your life. They have a huge commitment to sustainability. Uh, They don't just look good. They're good for the planet. The manufacturing process is designed to reduce water use. It avoids harmful chemicals. Stylish choice, also a responsible one, which is really, really great. Quality company, incredible product. It's awesome. Are you ready to step into the new year with style and confidence? Vessi's got you covered. From chic city walks to adventurous treks, find the perfect pair for your lifestyle at Vessi.com slash beautiful to get 15% off your first order. Transform your everyday routine into an adventure with Vessi. Stylish, comfortable, and waterproof. They're the only shoes you will need this year. Head over to Vessi.com beautiful to explore the versatile collection. Claim your 15% discount on your first order. Embrace every moment, come rain or shine, with Vessi. Thanks again to all of our sponsors. Now let's finish the phone call. That, that maybe that's the only real religion at the end of the day. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I don't. I try not to identify with any kind of religion. I'm not. I'm not there. But yeah, I I go back and forth as every listener of this <laughs> show has heard a million times. Um, so just traveling around, getting to Sedona, tapping into the woo woo, feeling yeah. like you and you did feel like as someone who has had some strange dreams and premonitions and encounters, you got to Sedona, had heard the reputation and felt like, oh yeah, this place is vibrating on a level that's, yeah, I, I can feel that something is happening here. Well, two takeaways from Sedona. One, it was tourist mayhem, mm. which kind of detracted from 
the awesomeness. Mm -hmm. But two, we found this really incredible trail that was not on the popular tourist route. And I kid you not, I burst out in tears. The The feeling there was so profound and powerful. Just like, first of all, it's awe-striking beauty. I could have just been crying because it was so pretty, but there was just like this really strong energy. And it just like got me, got me good in a good way. So, yeah. I bet you would love Taos, New Mexico. You know, we didn't make it to Taos. It was on our short list. We ended up in Santa Fe. I've been to both. I'm sure Santa Fe, I have had great times there too. And Albuquerque. I like New Mexico. Yeah. I I wound up traveling with some comedians in an RV many years ago. And we just kind Uh of went where the winds took us. This is just a couple of weeks. It was kind of a stunty thing. And we wound up in Taos. And I mean, we met people living in yurts. We met people who lived in houses that were built from, you know, what a lot of us would call reclaimed garbage that they Mm. buried the houses halfway down into the earth for cooling purposes. Yes, I love those. And then I'll never forget, we, we wound up hiking down this trail to the bottom of a canyon where there were these hot springs right next to, I think it was the Rio Grande, if I remember. And me and my friends... We had all been trapped. We'd known each other for years and we'd all been traveling together for weeks and we just all stripped down naked and we got in the hot springs. And then there was this one other guy there with his dogs and he was clearly doing his own thing. So we let him kind of inhabit his end of the hot springs and we stuck to the other. We're these obnoxious New York, New Jersey people. Mm -hmm. And then we got to talking with him, all of us naked, including him. And he told me that he spends half the year in Taos And then what he does the other half of the year is that he is a logger up in the north, the northern like boundary water areas of Minnesota. And then apparently when people hunt for moose, the moose are so large that they can't take the moose with them if they get a kill. So they tag the location and then send him in with trucks and equipment to get the moose out. And, and he said his life between the logging and moose retrieval was so lonely and isolating that he would mm. do that for six months of the year until the isolation started to drive him to actual mental illness. Wow. At which point he'd then drive down south to Taos and heal himself with some human interaction and these very hot springs that we were in. Ooh. And I was like, this is some real deal America stuff right here. Yeah. San- the New Mexico is some pretty magic stuff too, for oh, sure. Yeah. There was uh, the healing dirt at this Catholic church. I forgot what the name of the place was, but they they would have pilgrims, you know, Catholic pilgrims from all around walk to this church and go into this little tiny cave-like room where there was this little hole in the ground and they would scoop out dirt, put it into bags, bring it home to heal anybody that needed it. And we actually went and visited the site and it was profound. It was really a beautiful experience. And I don't know if the dirt really has healing properties. I don't remember if I tried to use it for anything, but I just was really impressed by the the beauty of that ritual and you know, the people who were doing it. It's mostly Hispanic Catholics. Um, but it was it was gorgeous. When you start to look into Hispanic Catholicism specifically in Mexico, you see a lot of the crossover with folk customs. Mm -hmm. 
And one of yeah. my favorite things is that there are certain groups that heavily involve Coca-Cola in religious ceremonies. This is true. You can look it up. And that there was a push by Pepsi at one point to try to convince people that Pepsi actually had more religious potential as <laughs> like an elixir than Coke. This is true. Oh my goodness. I love stuff like that. <laughs> now I have to ask, cause look, probably the first time that it's going to be brought up on the show, but we're in 2024. Yeah. This is an election season this year. I remember 2016 in particular and 2020 episodes start to show up on beautiful anonymous with people who have their opinions and want to put them out there or at the very least who it becomes mentioned more and more in the same way that during the pandemic, there would be at the very least cursory mentions of, of, of it in a lot of episodes. And it, it kind of feels like we're in the end of January. It's becoming clear who the presidential nominees are going to be. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, you and I share something, which is that we've traveled all over the country at this ground level, car level, mm -hmm. human interaction level. I can guess your values. I mean, you spent eight years in the Bay Area. You're in an interracial marriage. Your daughter lives in France. This tells me that there's, those are all signals of someone who probably, I would have to imagine, has similar values to mine as far as politically. But mm -hmm. I have often thought about the profound effect that comes with traveling this country and it's had a major effect on me and how I think of politics yeah. and speak of them and, and think of coverage of them. And I don't want to be one of these people going mainstream media, but you do start to see the business model a little bit more. And I'm, oh, wonder yeah. I'm wondering what your experience is. And I, I don't want to put words in your mouth if that hasn't happened, but I wonder if you do have any opinions on that. I do. I am kind of a humanist. I am also a little bit of an idealist. I really want everybody to just get along like at my core. Um, and so I am really upset by the polarization that's happened in our country. And I don't appreciate any form of dogmatism. And so I think the answer really is just connecting with people on a human to human level, which is probably one reason I love this show so much because we get to, we get to understand that humans aren't just politics, religion, you know, certain little slices and dices. They're complex, unique beings, you know, that bring a whole, a whole lot of value and to the table, even like I can try to find like good things to see in almost anybody, almost anybody, you know? And let's keep uh, in mind too, this yeah. with the caveat that we still live in a country where you mentioned that you effectively had to research and make sure you didn't wind up in sundown towns because that is still yeah. a factor. So with the caveat yeah. of of that, yes, I love what that's you're saying. True. It's very realistic. I, I will say though, I I did we did have a bit of a transformation by doing that journey because you know we lived in the bay for eight years, got solidly bubbled up, solidly bubbled up. And I think doing that journey really helped break, break the bubble open. And, you know, even though I'm still not excited about the things that the proud boys stand for, for example, I'm not excited about, you know, the racism that exists 
within our fabric of our country, I still was like, well, you know what? There's good people everywhere. You know, there's good people everywhere. And so I think I'm a little less concerned than I would was when we first set out on that trip, just knowing that there's good people everywhere. I, I have often said, you know, like in the Jewish faith, mm-hmm. there's the concept of birthright, you know, yeah. where you return and see Israel in person. And people are furious at Israel right now. I yeah. get it. I've tried to avoid diving in too deep in this show because what I would, and I'll put this out here, naturally, I would love to talk to, we've had contact from Israeli callers and I would like to have them on the show. I would also like to make sure we have Palestinian callers lined up at the same time to make sure that it's not explosive yeah. and tangled up. But yeah. the idea that you return to a place that your faith views as a part of your faith, the idea that, you know, in Islam, Mecca, Medina, similar, similar, you know, this idea, you return to these places that are holy. I have often thought that America would be a much better place if culturally everyone around their late teens, early twenties drove cross country. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think a lot of nonsense would stop within a yeah. few years of that. If that became a tradition, I've also thought about one of my dreams for a while was I wish that I could develop some sort of app that would use technology to make hitchhiking safe again. That's a cool idea. All right, let's go find a VC founder for you. I mean, you're the one from the Bay. You start, you're the one from the Bay. Tell me who to pitch to and how, (laughs) but you take that ball and run with it, which I think is ultimately impossible. I mean, you know, the well is kind of poisoned on the romance of hitchhiking. Yeah. um, After the 1970s, but I've done it. I've had, mm-hmm. to, there's been times where, because of my dumb comedy projects where I like to travel cross country, where I've been in strangers' cars. I was once in a stranger's car with a family because I was stuck at, I was stuck at a highway rest area on Native American land. Very few people were stopping there. A family gave me a ride halfway through the journey. They were so lovely and joking with me and asking me about comedy. And then halfway through the journey, I realized that they were on their way. Mm-hmm. to the funeral of a family member and it was a sudden and unexpected death and they still took time out of their day to get me out of a jam and then i realized mm-hmm. they're kind of quietly talking about well we need to stop and buy nicer clothes and when i inquired why oh well we're going to a, an event a fam, kind of a family thing and i go oh um you didn't get to pack clothes for, well, it was last minute. It's actually a funeral. And you said, you realize you have experiences like that. And you go, man, people are just like living and I'm with you. Things like the proud boys, sick. Yeah. Things like yeah. the fact that there's areas of the country, you know, I don't want to paint with a broad brush, but people will point to like that, that where Oregon and Idaho crossover. And there's, Many people that say that that's like a home base for a lot of white power groups. And you sit there, you go, man, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. And in no way do I want to validate it. But when you get to different places in this country that you have heard horror stories about, what you often find is that most of the people in those places are not that and are as scared or more scared than you are. And Mm -hmm. a lot of the people who seem 
angriest are actually in the most pain. Yep. I mean, honestly, Chris, I think we're being manipulated quite a bit. The stories that get painted about the other are usually exaggerated, if not untrue. And so I agree there needs to be more just exploring each other's worlds. And I don't know how we do that. Um, I'm a huge fan of doing that globally too with, you know, like foreign exchange students, the mission of that. That's actually how my daughter ended up in France with going on a foreign a study abroad program That's so in cool. high school. So cool. And we hosted a Thai exchange student in our house. And it was just like such a wonderful way to start opening up these lenses to other parts of the world and and you know, understanding that you know, people are people. They're people, you know, we're all the same essentially in many, many ways. One of the greatest gifts of marrying my wife. So I came from a family and my dad liked to travel to a degree. He had to do some of it for work, but I mean, I came from a working class neighborhood in Jersey. My mom is not a big traveler and I didn't, I think I went to Canada in high school and then married my wife and she was like, I love international travel. We have to do more of it. And it made me so nervous. I'd been to England at that point, maybe. And all of a sudden she's got me going. I've mentioned Sri Lanka, this life-changing trip. And I've been to all these different parts of the world now and different continents and yeah, South America. I've been to Brazil and Chile and, and, and these places I never thought I'd go. And what's amazing is like you go to even a place like London that feels so connected to the States. And I've, it's this weird thing when you're even in London, I once was there, I was in no Edinburgh for a month and I got mm. a cold and I went to the pharmacy and I was like, none of the medicines are the same. I just don't know which one is zinc. Yeah. Oh, this is overwhelming. <laughs> and then you go to, and that, I mean, that's the UK. And then yeah. you're in a place like Chile on a road trip or Sri Lanka where you've hired, so, you know, somebody, you paid somebody 20 bucks and they're driving you for three hours and you're getting to know them. And you start to realize that in every corner of the world, no matter what the customs are that are different, all people want to do everywhere Mm-hmm. is eat good meals, get a little buzzed and laugh mm-hmm. with their friends and family. And it's everywhere. Pretty much. It's yeah. everywhere. <laughs> there are not these pockets of the world where people have these evil agendas. Nope. The people you meet 99% of the time, unless a disaster strikes are just like, yeah, you want to have a drink, go get some food. Have a couple laughs. Now, obviously, with the caveat that there's parts of the world that are where there's warlords and there's piracy and there's fascism. And this is not true everywhere. But the human condition, yeah, I think, does tend towards what do we got to do to get some good food and some drinks and some laughs? That is the human condition unless that is manipulated by people with bad intentions and power. Yeah, we all of us just want to be loved and enjoy life. That's it. <laughs> it's true everywhere. That's it. Yeah. Uh, I will say I do have family in Israel and it's been a really difficult time. Uh, I'm a, I'm, I'm a mutt. So my mother's Jewish, my father, Irish Catholic. And uh, the guilt. But... how did you deal with the guilt? I mean, no wonder <laughs> you see ghosts. No wonder ghosts talk to you with that mix. <laughs> yeah yeah 
but you know, I feel like there's, there has to be a level of, and thinking like there's a lot of suffering happening in the Middle East and, 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 and there's a lot of bad things going on and we should have compassion for all, for all the people who are caught up in what really amounts to be, you know, a few powerful people trying to do a power grab one way or another or maintain power one way or another. But the, the people who are living through it don't deserve it on either side of the equation. No, people should have control. I I have not gotten into it. I know I'm opening a can of worms. There's probably people wondering when it's going to come up. For anybody wondering what I'm thinking, I will just say kids should not be dying. People should have control of their own water supply, power Mm -hmm. supply. Hospitals should not be bombed. These things are common sense. I will also say to all my Jewish listeners, Israeli listeners, people flew in on gliders and killed teenagers. And I've never seen a tragedy that severe where people were given less time to grieve. And that's awful too. And all of it is awful. And and I know there are going to be people, there are people out there who want to just say one side or the other, choose a side. And I will say it is impossible for me to do because I can't look at, I can't look at footage of any of this. Yeah. And say I feel that you. there's. I feel you. Yeah, no, I right, live with a lot of guilt. This is You're horror. Right. <laughs> this is horror. All of it yeah. is horror. And and that's yeah. all I've been able to sort out as far as my feelings. Yeah. I feel very similar to you on that. It's almost too big to comprehend. It's really horrible. Really, really bad. I don't, I don't even know how you come back from the coffee. No. And look, me and you now have one minute left to the dot. Oh no. So we had no. this amazing call. Let, let's laugh about Airbnb people. Let's talk about the beauty of travel. Let's talk about mysticism and contact with the other side and how all these <laughs> things talk together and how we can come together as people. Now for the first time on the show, let's bring up a world tragedy that uh, gets exponentially better by the day and have 41 seconds to sort it out. Well, let's just do our best to love each other. People. Just freaking love each other. Try to make space and understanding and compassion and understand that there's so much manipulation happening. You know, just people are people everywhere. People are people. And you, and you, and you have to, one thing I will say is I do think you need to make a good faith effort to see suffering in all its forms and be affected by it, even though that is brutal and hard to put yourself through. And since this is the first time this very divisive thing has come up on the show, I will say the amount of death is staggering. It needs to stop right now. So I am somebody who sits there and I see people posting for ceasefire and I go, of course, stop. If this all stopped in its tracks and less people died and there was another Mm -hmm. way to sort this out, it would be, let's find that other way immediately. Also, the footage from October 7th, also horrible, horrible, terrifying, super villain stuff. Also horrible. And I need to acknowledge that too. And I apologize to anybody who has wondered why I haven't brought it up, but I can't sit here and pretend that I have a 
simple opinion on it. And this idea that Twitter makes you pick a team, this isn't, I don't, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in that. So yeah. Anyway, caller. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say we stuck the landing as far no, as we, we didn't, but as it's far real. as the tenor and tone of the call. But it's real life, and the good thing is we're going to say goodbye to everybody in the free feed right now, and we get to go ahead and do the five questions, which has become one of my favorite parts of Beautiful Anonymous. If you're someone who has subscribed, just keep listening; it'll be right here on your episode. If you're somebody who has not subscribed and you want to think about it, beautifulanonymous.com. And I have a feeling, caller that five random questions for you could lead to an endless bounty of who knows what. So I'm looking forward <laughs> to it. Goodbye to everybody on the free feed. And now we'll keep things going with beautiful anonymous plus. Caller, thank you so much for everything. It was really lovely to talk to you. I, I know you and I could have sat and talked for four hours and you never would have run out of fascinating and interesting stuff. Thank you for being so cool and telling me about your family and your adventures and your paranormal adventures and everything else. So lovely to talk to you. This show is produced by the high priestess, Andrea Quinn, who talk about uh, witch involvement in this show. I think certainly a witch-adjacent human being um, has not outright told me that she does spells, but uh, someday we'll have that conversation. Anyway, thank you, Andrea. Thanks to Shellshag for our music. Go to chrisgeth.com if you want to know more about me, including upcoming door dates in Brooklyn, Idaho, Vancouver. And hey, we got a voicemail line if you want your story on the show, 973-306-4676. We have an Instagram, Beautiful Anonymous Pod. Thank you all so much for listening. This week on Beautiful Anonymous Plus, here's some of what you'll get from the five questions. Shall I test and see from memory how much of scenario I can still do off the top of my head? <laughs> Go for it. Okay. Um, hey, yo, Bo know this and Bo know that, but Bo don't know Jack because Bo can't rap. Well, what do you know? The did dog is first up to bat. No batteries <laughs> included and no strings attached. No holds barred. No time for move faking. Got to get the loot so I could bring home the bacon. Brothers front. They say the tribe can't flow, but we've been known to do the impossible like Broadway Joe. So sleep if you want. My troop will help you get your Z's troop. But here's the real scoop. I'm all that and then some tall, dark, and handsome. Bust a nut inside your eye to show you where <laughs> I come from. I'm vexed. I'm fuming. Had it up to here. My days of paying dues are over. Acknowledge me. I'm in here. Yeah, head for the border. Go get a taco. From the get-go, <laughs> sit back, relax, and let yourself go. Don't switch what you heard or act like you know. Yes, yes, y'all. Who's got the vibe? It's the tribe, y'all. Stay live, y'all. Inside, outside, come around. Who's that brown? Don't forget to sign up for Beautiful Anonymous Plus at beautifulanonymous.com.